the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Friday night. Yeah, it is Friday night. We made it, babies. We Woo! made it. Ooh, it's Friday night. Indeedy it is. We made it all the way to this glorious night. And you know what? I'm glad things that since things are kind of semi-opened that we can actually enjoy Fridays. We can enjoy Saturdays now. I enjoy every night of the week that I get to hang out with you guys via uh, over the airwaves uh, here at AM 1170, FM 96.1. We are streaming live on Facebook right now at The Answer San Diego. Thanks to all those comments and my peeps there. Love you guys so much. And uh, love uh, sharing the time, uh, sharing the space that I am here inside the studio. In fact, uh, cruising by me right now is my former partner, He's on his way out. He's trying to run out before I grab him and get him in here. Hey, does anyone want carrot sticks? Get yeah. Him out of here. Yeah. No, don't get him out of here. He better get out of here before I drag him in here and make him say hi to everybody on here. 888-344-1170. Who watched Fauci, fraud Fauci, get fried today in front of Jim Jordan in the hearing? This was a hearing that I actually enjoyed a few minutes of, uh, but then I had to turn him off because he he makes my ears bleed like he does my man uh, potato skins here. Hey, glad to have you guys here with me. Follow me on on Facebook at Andrea K. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Andrea K. Show on Instagram and Parlor. Would love to hear from you guys your thoughts on Fauci. And I know my man here is dying. He's got some thoughts. It's none other than DJ Potato Skins. I think they might have left DJ Potato Skins off the manifesto, but it'll be back. Winning, winning, winning. I'm telling you, Andrea, the cure for that when Fauci becomes too much is the ear mask. There's something to be made of that. <laughs> um, I've got an idea. Instead of us needing ear masks to protect our ears and anything else from Oh, you just don't let him speak. Well, you know, um, how about we just we, he, we not give him a microphone? I'm sitting there wondering why in the world is this man being brought before? We know why the Democrats want him up there because this is this is their their cover boy, lover boy. I mean, what's next for him? I mean, this dude literally is on the cover of InStyle magazine. I'm just waiting for people to put him on the cover of The Sexiest Man Alive. Please don't say that. Well, you know what? I've never agreed with any of their choices in the past. I mean, come on. I, I you know... Close your, put on your ear mask, you Brad Pitt lovers. I never understood that choice. Dude looks like he's never had a shower or brushed his teeth a day in his life. So I've never agreed with this. And clearly Fauci thought when he came forward today, he thought he was going to be treated like Brad Pitt. on Oh, the hardball questions were awesome. He was, he was like, he was warm. I'm telling y'all, he was not happy. It was like the look on his face was, was, it was like Peter Strzok. And he couldn't answer the question. Well, well, he didn't want to answer the question because he was trapped. He was trapped like the little weasel rat that he is in a, in a lab coat. 
You know, he he was completely trapped. He was forced. He his his hypocrisy and his lies, his duplicitous propagandist nonsense that he's put forth to the American people was on complete display here. To, to, to summarize what happened was... He is a small man, so he's going to wear one of those mm-hmm. uh, tiny helmets they serve ice cream in. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, his tininess... In, ter- in terms of his his uh, in, in in any heft in terms of credibility was on complete display today, because he was grilled basically for for the fact that how come you're not are you here in front of the front of the world you're going to speak out now against these protests when we've got hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of people out in the street millions of people on the streets, not not practicing social distancing or wearing masks you're are, are you going should we shut those down? Well, I can't opine on that. Are you kidding me? Where Jim Jordan failed in that moment was he brought out the fact that it, and asked Fauci to opine on the hypocrisy, the double standard that is involved of millions of people out on the streets protesting, yet gym owners and other businesses are being arrested. He wouldn't speak out on that. But where I think Jordan failed him was J- Jordan should have come out and said clearly, what do you mean you are? Oh, he says, because Fauci's like, I'm a public health official. It's not my place. To opine on what should or shouldn't be shut down. It's been his place on everything else. Well, not to mention the fact what Jordan should have done is he should have gone even further than beyond the fact that, you know, oh, really, Fauci? He did a brilliant job on busting Fauci for the fact that, hey, Fauci, what do you mean you're not having opined? You've been opining on how people should have sex. Which, oh, by the way, was Fauci telling people uh, what should be, shouldn't be shut down at the same time that he's telling people they should wear masks and forcing all this kind of crap he's telling people that it's okay to go have random sex with strangers off of a dating app but where jordan should have gone with this is he should should have said what do you mean as a public health official that it's not your place to say what should or shouldn't be shut down when you and air quotes my fingers are in the air dr burks went into the white house using junk models and junk data and told the president of the United States that if we did not shut down the entire country, two million Americans would die. And you were wrong. Not only did you opine with that opinion, not only did you, as you're correct, fraud Fauci, it wasn't your place. It's not your place to decide. It's not your place to be opining as to what should be shut down and what shouldn't be shut down. But you did. And not only did you do it, but you used phony models, you used propaganda, you used junk models out of London that have since been, that the, that the man behind the models admitted were wrong. And you used those models to urge the President of the United States to destroy the United States economy. We lost over 30% of our GDP. It, it was announced yesterday, no surprise, that 30%, I'm surprised it wasn't higher, 30% of our entire economy gone in a poof. And yet he has the gall to sit there in front of the American people and act as though he can't opine on protest. And you know I, what, Andrea? There's no way that these numbers will ever know. There's no way to ever accurately do counting because this thing's completely skewed. It's well, it, it, and 
it depends on what account you're referring to, where you, whether you're referring to the phony numbers in terms of the case count, the phony case count or or deaths. Or I don't think it's it's it, it's it's, you know, someone that died of covid probably died of a pre-existing condition. Well, and that's not even taken into account of the unknown untold deaths as a result of these shutdowns from this man, this man who has not put a stethoscope on any patient in how many years this man who's continuing to lie to the world that the hydroxychloroquine is not an effective treatment. For this disease, when his own NIH study in 2005 said absolutely that SARS, which is part of the coronavirus, it was a respiratory infection, that hydroxychloroquine was not just a treatment but a cure. This man has lied to the world and has intentionally played a part in destroying lives. We don't know how many deaths actually uh, were attributed to COVID. We also don't know how many deaths are going to be attributed to these shutdowns because nobody's nobody's counting those. Those aren't being counted, and nobody cares about those. And let me tell you, there is nothing that will cause more deaths than dire economic conditions. We can look back at history and realize that. But the soundbite that didn't get enough play for me today was when he was pressed about these protests and whether or not why he hasn't spoken out against the protest. He said, and he was pointing out, well, why not, Fauci? You say that that being uh, being out in crowds results in people catching and dying from the virus. Why wouldn't you speak out against these protests? And he and, and Fauci said at some point, I don't have any scientific evidence of that. Is that not the mic drop of the moment? Why is I don't have any scientific evidence on how coronavirus is spread. That's what he said today. He has no scientific evidence on how this virus is spread. Yet he went in to the, to, to the president of the United States and said, if you don't shut down this country and its entire economy, two million people will die. He has continued to come out and say that schools can't be reopened, that you must wear a mask. No business should be reopened without people wearing masks and, and having six foot distancing requirements. He's now actually even doubling down and saying, you, we must all wear goggles. This is the same man who's saying... That high, who's now saying that hydroxychloroquine is not an effective treatment, still continue. He he pushed. We we have countless sound bites of him pushing for shutdowns of schools and sporting events. At the same time, he's pushing that sporting events can't happen. Be, and the reason why sporting events can't happen is because you got to wear a mask and you got to have six foot distancing and all this stuff. Still went to a sporting event and threw out a baseball and sat in the stands with not only no goggles but no mask. This man is nothing but a deep state operative, a Marxist who's masquerading as a scientist, masquerading as a public health official. When what he is is a deep state operative working to implement Cloward Piven in action. That is the strategy of breaking the back of the economic system in order to usher in Marxism. And he has succeeded. Question. Yeah. Do you think that Trump will have the wherewithal at any point between now and the election to finally give him the poll and get him 100% out of the picture? No, he can't now at this point. He can't without destroying himself because he made the mistake of of trusting Fauci. He made the mistake of giving Fauci credibility in Burks where they didn't deserve it. And then he actually had week after week after week, day after day after day, he stood next to them and propped them up and validated them and continued to say he doesn't say it anymore. 
Uh, if I had not shut down the economy, two million people would have died. He doesn't say it anymore, does he? Not even if he gives reasons on why Fauci shouldn't be there. Uh, no, I think uh, I, I think the cart's out of the barn. I think the uh, I think there's a, a, a psychological effect that takes place to where and P.T. Barnum, I think, was the one who said it. It's easier to con people than to convince them that they've been conned. And once that narrative took place, that Fauci was the end all be all. That his that and the American people, the culture has been shifted in this country to accept uh, scientists, number one, um, at, but most importantly, government. So if to you were, were to advise Trump, how would how would you handle the situation? Do you just not let him have as much screen time? Um, I think at this point, what Trump needs to do is I think he needs to continue to say, what, for example, with masks and with six-foot distancing, I think he needs to say, and I've said this before, that he needs to come out and say that the science is not just with hydroxychloroquine. The science isn't settled. Yes, Dr. Fauci is sitting here saying there wasn't enough double-blind studies for him, but I could, but I, I, and he should hold up the study by Howard Risch, who is the epidemiologist professor at Yale, who's got an article out in Newsweek g- talking about study after study study after study of, of where hydroxychloroquine has worked. He needs and he needs to talk about study after study after study about how masks don't work. And what he needs to do is get out in front of it and say, I'm not supporting goggles. I'm not supporting mask mandate. I'm not supporting uh, I, I'm not supporting government interfering with a doctor and a patient on hydroxychloroquine, because in spite of uh, I might have respect, I do have a respect for Fauci. I have respect for Burks. Their their beliefs and their opinions are not the end all be all. The science is not set on this. So create and a fresh narrative and ignore the create, old one. Cr- create a fresh, fresh narrative that is based on the fact that science isn't settled and that as a culture, we do not shut down our entire co- economy when it is not settled. And when Fauci himself is saying we don't have scientific evidence to back it up, we do not cripple our economy on that basis alone. And we move about as a free society. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But no business should require it of of it's uh, of anybody no government should re- should require it of anybody he needs to plant the seeds of doubt on the basis of the science not being settled and we must follow the science and it's not settled we're past the point of a break we're going to continue this discussion we're going to talk about epstein because in the middle of all this ooh, some breaking stuff happened on the epstein files today we got to talk about that as well And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. I think the Democrats don't care about the people of our country. I really don't. I told my people uh, the... Uh, The Democrats do not care about the people of our country. They don't want to do what you should be doing for the people of our country, whether it's unemployment or anything else. And all they care about is the election. And they're going to lose the election. You see what's going on with the polls right now. I guess we just got one over 50 percent. Rasmussen just came out. You see what's going on because the people get it. The Democrats are playing for November 3rd and we're playing for the good of the people. It is a disgrace that they're not negotiating. But they're only looking to play a political game. I happen to think it's a bad political game. I think it hurts them. I know okay. that they look at you and what you say. 
I think Trump is absolutely right. They're playing for November. They're they're playing for the election, and you 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 want to know the perfect example on on, on top of fraud, Fauci. I mean, the, you look at that funeral yesterday. You look at how they are sitting there spitting. They're not just playing for the election. They actually, how do I? At the same time that they're playing for the election and they are using kids as pawns when we know the kids don't get it and kids don't give it. They are high. They are. Uh, they are holding our kids and our schools hostage for their demands to be met. They're st- continuing to stoke the fears of the American people by continuing to make the American people think that this thing is so contagious that you're, you're you know, you're uh, that every human being out there walking is uh, 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 walking anthrax in a killing machine. So you better stay at home. And uh, at, at, yet at the same time, it's not going to work. You know why it's not going to work? Because we see the hypocrisy with Fauci. We see them at this funeral yesterday at the politicizing of of Obama up there accusing Trump, trying to compare Trump to George Wallace and pushing for mail-in balloting at the same time that you can't go and visit your loved one in a funeral home, a loved one who's dying, or bury your loved one, or go to a church service, at the same time that they're pushing that these riots in the streets and the destruction that's going on across neighborhoods. Trump's right. That's not a selling argument. However, here's the thing, though. Uh, when it comes to what Trump was referring to was the debate that's going on over unemployment, where 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 I'm concerned is that because they have convinced so many people uh, that Fauci's right and that that uh, this is such a deadly um, uh, disease, it, it, it is deadly, but not to the degree that they're talking about. Average age 78. Uh, the mortality rate is very low. The uh, those who are dying from it have comorbidity. There has not in the state of California of which they are refusing to reopen schools. There has not been one child who's died from COVID. Did you know that, DJ Potato Skins? No, but that this stat does not even that surprise me at all. Forty-five million Californians, not one child has di- has died from the coronavirus yet. They're refusing to open schools. Sounds like a pretty uh, a pretty glaring fact on why we should open and make sure it's a hundred percent kids going to school. This is why. This is this is why they don't want you to take. Don't want you to know that there's a treatment called hydroxychloroquine. This is why they want you to believe that you better wear a mask and now you better wear goggles and you better stay six feet away from people while they're holding funerals. They've got to have you. It, it, in your home, cowering in fear. And unfortunately, we are in a position and Trump's in a position where the Republicans are basically now in an argument over how much to pay people to stay at home. What Trump needs to do and what we need to do as citizens in helping him to understand this, we can win this. And the way to win this is by countering these messages of fear. Fauci did a stupid thing today and go in front of the American people. The Democrats did a stupid thing with their with their funeral that they politicized yesterday, spitting in the face of Americans. You can't tell us that we got to stay cowering in our homes, that we can't operate our business, we can't go to work, that kids can't go to school when you were supporting millions of people protesting. And then say you don't know the science. Right. And when you say when you're saying there's no scientific evidence of how this anything that was valid before, not valid now. It's not valid now. They don't they they want to continue to push the case count as the mortality rate is dropping to next to nothing. 
So Trump is absolutely right that we can win it. But I think he needs to be more forceful in what the science is and what it isn't. And that is, and it's a fine line he's got to walk because he can't sound as though he's poo-pooing this as though it's not a real virus. And everything that he does and talking about the sand ray, he needs to be much like the way he was in 2016 in every instance. Absolutely. And what we need to do, we need to shift gears too between just, you know, yammering and complaining amongst amongst each other is we've got to get active. We've got to get on the phone. One of the things that we need to do is if you were in in this in a town run by a Republican and you're a Republican, we need to be on the phone with Kevin Faulkner and say, why is it that there is any gym that's not open for business? It's true. Why why do we not have Fauci himself said there is he has no evidence of how, of how no scientific evidence to support how this is spread or how it's not. His own NIH study said masks don't work. He was just saying in the month of March that we don't need masks. The World Health Organization says three feet. There is no excuse for why there is not every business completely reopened without any mask order and without any six foot distancing regulation. That's crap. If you're a business and you want to enforce it and you want to do that, fine. And then then the uh, customers can decide who they want to do business with. We must get this country reopened. Then we need to be on the phone. California, we don't, we're not going to choose the president. But you know what? We must all, every one of us probably has a friend who lives in one of the states, whether it's Florida or Ohio. Pennsylvania, Texas, those states are in play. We need to be on the phone with them. We need to be educating them as to what the reality is of this virus, what the reality is of the economic situation here. And we need to be urging them to get active. We need to be urging them to get out to vote. We need to be urging them to get involved in their local precinct to where they can be active in the get out the vote efforts. That's one of the things that we need to do. Um, I want to shift gears real quickly before we have to take a break and go talk to uh, Bob Walters about schools. Uh, Epstein, the Epstein files. A judge released a lot of documents related to the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, case. Uh, one of the things that was revealed was that uh, I'm glad they didn't they denied her bail. This is a woman who lied in her bail hearing and said she had not had any communication with Epstein. in I think uh, over a dozen years, her emails communication with him were revealed. But what I thought was really telling was. The left has been trying to say, putting out the, that Trump was, you know, a part of this and Trump went to rode the Lolita Express and went to Pedophile Island. Here is what uh, the court, uh, the criminal case, just I'm going to read you just a couple of lines from the deposition that was about Trump. Um, when did Trump, Donald Trump, flirt with you? He didn't, she says in response. Um, that's not, that's not a- accurate. Um, did you ever see Donald Trump at Jeffrey Epstein's, um, at Jeffrey Epstein's home? Not that I recall. On his island? No. In New Mexico? No. In New York? No. She goes on to say, uh, she was asked about whether or not previous statements were accurate or not. Um, so he goes, okay. He didn't get anywhere with her there. He goes, um, what's inaccurate about the last statement on that page? She goes on to say, um, that it was not, uh, that there was a statement about having sex. She says, uh, it's not accurate, uh, that there was a sex, uh, uh, that Donald, with Donald Trump and that it wasn't accurate that he flirted with me. Um, she went on to say, um, so he didn't get anywhere with her there. It's hard to read this thing. It's not true that he flirted with me. It is true that he didn't have sex with any, with anybody there. And he asked her to, uh, clarify. He didn't partake in any sex with us who is us she says girls so then he goes on to say he tries to shift gears well um uh, have you ever um been in donald trump's um uh donald have you ever been in the presence of donald trump and jeffrey epstein together no well 
who who led you to believe? Why did you think that Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein were friends? Well, because Jeffrey Epstein said they were. So you don't have any evidence that they were friends. No. Donald Trump was not involved. So to sum it all up. Thank you. Yeah. You know who was fingered in this fight? Bill Clinton. She says that Bill Clinton was on Epstein, was on a, a pedophile island. With two underage girls. She also says uh, that uh, that uh, she was pimped out to Prince Andrew and pimped out to Alan Dershowitz and pimped out to Bill Richardson, former Governor Bill Richardson of Arizona. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Bob Walters with his education segment. Don't go away. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Kids are just... Pawns, uh, probably the numero uno pawn right now uh, in this uh, coronavirus crisis. The crisis is not the virus. The crisis is the response to it. And Tammy Duckworth, who is, uh, and many people are saying, is a contender for VP choice for Biden, is saying, I want schools to reopen just as much as the next person, but I won't send my daughter to school if it isn't safe. How can we force this kind of impossible choice on working families? Lady, you don't want your kid to go to school, then keep your kid home. Nobody cares what you do with your kid. Kids don't get it, and kids don't give it. This is just one of the, the latest examples of how the left is using kids as the pawns for their Marxist schemes, and is absolutely despicable and disgusting. But I'm glad. I hate to open up on such a fiery note, uh, because I got, because it, it pleases me, though, to spend this time with my buddy Bob Walters every week. Um, he's such a hero to me, because he's been exposing how the left is using kids as pawns for their Marxist schemes for a while now. Uh, trying to keep the school shut is just a part of it. And he joins me now with his latest list. Hey, Bob, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So what you got for us this week, my friend? Well, of course, we wonder, how do these revolutions start? Well... I think they start with this one that we're in now, with 50 years of indoctrination in the schools, plus the elites tolerating and supporting rioting and burning. Ben Shapiro, a strong conservative leader, cited a poll from Wall Street Journal that 56% of Americans think society in America is racist, which is just really not true. But, you know, you look a little closer at the teachers who are in these schools and what they're doing and saying, and it's alarming what you see and understand what they're being taught and indoctrinated with. In University of California at Santa Barbara, a teaching assistant said he would kill Jesus if he could go back in time and meet him face to face. Oh, no. And yet he's in charge of religious studies at University (laughs) Santa Barbara. (laughs) Go figure. Then a leftist professor at Portland says his goal of the goal of riots is simply to abolish the United States as we know it, and build a new society from the ground up. Nice. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what this is what is is masquerading as education in our country right now. It's really sad. Then you got thirteen of the nineteen rioters who were arrested in Portland two nights ago were members of Antifa and were public school teachers in high schools around the nation. Thirteen of them. <laughs> thirteen. Let me get, make sure I understand. Thirteen of the Antifa people were school teachers. Yes, of the nineteen they arrested, 
for violence and rioting. Wow. Tells you how deep and expanding this is. In our, this is in public school, not the colleges. Well, it's a, it's a really important point. Let's sit here for a minute because as much as I love Rush Limbaugh, he was talking the other day about how this Antifa, he used a quote that he read from an article that they were a bunch of um, mentally ill, catatonic with hate, booger-eating crapheads, to quote. And, and it's funny. And, you know, I laugh at that. But I, I think that, that um, to label this entire movement as that kind of fringe is a mistake. Yeah. Because this is a very serious movement with people that are educated, with people know exactly what they're doing. And we've got to take this movement seriously, particularly since if for no other reason than this whole Black Lives Matter movement is a fundraising arm for the Democrat Party. And these people are using this. It's it, it, it's the the intersection of between the coronavirus shutdowns as well as this Black Lives Matter writing and movement, Marxist movement across the country just has our entire nation on, on the road to, to Marksville if we're not really awake and careful and, and understand what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's just terrible. Then at the University of Georgia, a professor says, quote, whites must die to end racism, unquote. And yet uh, that was two weeks ago, and you think he'd be fired by now, but he's not. He just got promoted. So, like, what's going on? <laughs> that was how deep this cynicism lies within that. Then you got a special ed teacher in Atlanta High School who said killing of white toddlers is okay if they're creating an issue in your neighborhood. I don't know what that means. Weird. But on the other side of the fence, on the few conservatives that are in the colleges and and schools, a university professor was forced out for highlighting no racial bias at Princeton. No racial bias in the police department. And he was a professor at Princeton, and he was forced out. Then you got a Michigan coach who fired for tweeting, quote, Trump is our president, unquote. That's all he said. And for that, they fired him the next day. It just, wow. It tells you the depth of the corruption that lies in our school system. Well, yeah. Um, you know, this is, it's, it's we, sh- we should, I'm shocked, but I'm not. We've I got, I, I mean, the... This is a, a, a perfect example of what happened in the, the Cultural Revolution in China back in 1966. I mean, this is yeah. exactly the kind of thing that went on there. And Americans need to wake up. You, you, this, these, these are not isolated situations. This is, this is a tsunami of these kinds of stories happening across this country, purging anything that counters the Marxist propaganda. It's true. Then at the same time, regrettably, as you know, you've got decreasing scholastic ability going on in our schools. The kids are not learning as much. Uh, all of the tests show that they're in a serious state of decline. But then you've got some reduction of standards, again, especially just for black kids. And I'm not, a, I'm not against helping black kids, but you have to do things that help incite them to want to work hard and get somewhere in life, not just look for the freebie coming around the door. The University of Washington agreed black students needed to be graded differently with less difficult exams and no time constraints due to the fighting for their rights that has taken so much of their time and attention. I swear. Then you got California has a new law. It's waiting to be signed by the governor. SB 614. Teachers no longer need to show that they're capable of teaching reading. So new teachers, when they're hired, used to have to take a test showing that they had skills to teach students how to read. And this is going to eliminate that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Huh. I don't even know what to think about this. School, no, you're you're going to go and teach, and you can't even read? I know. I it's, like a skit. All this. it's like a skit out of Saturday Night Live, Mom. <laughs> I know. Then you got, uh, of course, starting this coming year, testing to get into California colleges, any of them, will be ended in the next two years, and the same for the scholarships. That would increase black and brown admissions, even if it means less Asians and less whites. Hardship in life to become a major factor, and uh, that's to decide if somebody should be allowed into college, not how smart they are or how ability they got. Uh, and then the bar exam in California, per the, the um, Supreme Court in California, just reduced the bar exam level so that it would be allowing more blacks and minorities to become lawyers in the state. We already have crazy lawyers in the state as it is, and I guess this will increase their headcount. Okay. <laughs> then, then you got proper English has now been decided that it is racist. So blacks no longer need to be required to be proficient in white English. I just, like, really? What's white English? To, well... That's the, the formal grammar and English that you and I took when we were in school. So we learned how sentences are written and how to speak clearly and how to uh, focus your ideas. This is compared to black English. So they no longer will require black students to learn normal English grammar and language. This kind of reminds me of when Northern California was putting some kind of curriculum, Ebonics. Remember the Ebonics? <laughs> yeah, same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a spinoff of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and how is that helping? There's uh, English, there's English, and then there's English. I mean, that's it. There's either you're either using proper English or you're not. And I'm not. And I'm not. You know, we all fall into the way that we speak isn't always proper English at, at yeah. the time. But you know, when we're when we're taking an English class, there's there's only one English that should be well, taught. All this is under the banner that it's helping blacks, but it's not. It's hurting blacks because they, if they don't learn how to speak properly and use good grammar, they'll never get a decent job with a high-level paying position. And to tell them these kind of falsehoods, it's a real disservice to the minority black community. It really is. Well, I think what they, unless they're just banking on the fact that with this whole movement right now of, like, if you look at where where Seattle uh, brought in all their employees uh, and and basically said, you got to be willing to give up promotions, give up your your white friends, give up your property. If the the expectation is going forward that black people will not have to fulfill the same uh, requirements for a job, you know, then, then, you know, then why require that they learn English? Because the expectation expectation may be this movement is about, well, they'll just be handing jobs to, to black people and giving them promotions, which is really just setting them up for failure and embarrassment. Because if you're given a job that you're not prepared for, you know, nobody's doing you a favor because you're going to crash and burn. Well, you're going to crash I and agree. burn. Yeah, totally. Now, there's more indoctrination coming. We thought earlier there's already lots in the schools and there is, but they're in, in, beginning to put in in Cal State system and 24 school districts or require ethnic classes to graduate. This covers Asians, Hispanics, blacks, and Muslims, but the Jewish are alarmed because it is, carries a strong amount of anti-Semitism, it, and it excludes our history, European history as well. It pushes Islam and ignores their history of violence. But that's already in one-third of the school districts in California and in the university system starting next year. 
Then you got the Black Lives Matter curriculum, which is coming into the schools next year, most of the schools. And a school a board member from Orange Unified School District, Brenda Lebsack, is a good friend of mine. She uh, pushed by teachers in union and Black Lives Matter matter to get these this curriculum into the schools. It includes a heavy focus on LGBT, their agenda, and they've already put radical books in the school libraries, and now they're getting ready to have this Black Lives Matter, which attacks white supremacy and demands all kids feel shame if they are white. No Columbus Day. Nuclear mm-hmm. family is ridiculed. No, no borders. Cut police and stop fearing people of color, etc. Nice. It'd be nice if they actually taught history, math, and English in the schools like we had when we went to school. Well, that's the whole, but that was the whole point of going to school. So you were actually going to learn to be able to write English, understand English and read English so that you could go and do a job where you, you have to write and communicate with, with, with people and you're able to write in a way and everybody learns the same English so that everybody's able to communicate with each other. That's kind of the whole point so that you can learn math so that if you're on the job and you need to be able to, or you're at the grocery store and you need to make change or understand, you know, we, we, these are things that we, we were supposed to go so we could learn things that were going to enable us to be able to live our lives because illiteracy and and not understanding the basics of math sets you up for complete failure in your life you know and and the left figured out that the way to change this country was to change the culture was through the schools and this really is the battleground and there's not enough that's being discussed in media about it at least not to the extent in which you are and so um We've got about 30 seconds left. Bob, you got anything else? Yes. Uh, I'm urging all your listeners to consider uh, making a contribution to commonsenseed.com. This is a group in, in Washington that's finally got an initiative on the ballot to do away with their rigid sex education law, which just like we got here, but they got it on the ballot. And it's called commonsensesexed.com. They could use some donations to win their battle in November. And I guess that's all I've got. Well, Bob, that was enough, child. <laughs> Out of breath. Okay. Well, you go have a great weekend. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for your for what you do for children and for freedom. And Bob's book is Facing Reality in American Education. Get it at Amazon. We're going to take a break. We come back. Here of the weekend, Stink of the Week. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News Nugget. George Washington mural should be covered but preserved according to a San Francisco school board decision. Don't they have better things to do? Do you know what that problem is with that mural? It has a slave in it. That was back then. But they want to cover up history. It had a Native American Indian in it. They don't like that. It's part of history. I focus on three things. Performance, performance, performance. The three things that are my guiding lights, belief in God, belief in myself, and my belief in the United States of America. I learned it from that man right there. 
My dad worked three jobs until he could live off of two, and he worked two until he could live off of one. He used to be a chauffeur for the Coca-Cola company. And then one day he was asked to drive for the chairman and CEO, Robert W. Woodruff. It was like a 24-7, seven-day-a-week job. I never heard him complain about having to work so hard. I never heard him complain about what the government didn't do to help us. We were poor, but we didn't know it. We didn't have people screaming at us all the time telling us we were poor. My dad encouraged my brother and I to get as much education as you can because he worked in an environment where the most successful people were the ones that had the greatest amount of education. Success does not come in a straight line. It's a zigzag. Oh, Herman Cain. That was a clip from the movie Uncle Tom, which featured Herman Cain, the late Herman Cain. We lost a giant this week. We lost a patriot. And um, what a legacy he left. If we had, if we think about where this country might be, think about where the African-American community might be. If so we had, powerful. If we had more Herman Cain's with that message, uh, focus message of seizing the best of this country and opportunity and working hard. Um, I encourage everybody as we go into this election, he would want people to see this movie. He would want his legacy to be to continuing to, to push for uh, the message of hard work and opportunity and success and how it's not a straight line. It's a zigzag. The movie Uncle Tom, you can see it uh, if you go to UncleTom.com, use uh, the discount code San Diego, one word San Diego, and you can get 20% off. And that's something that we can do to learn about him if if you want to learn more about Herman Cain and also his legacy, as well as what a powerful movie that Larry Elder did, which would really move the dial. We need more, we need pe- more of these stories, less the kind of crap we saw at the funeral yesterday. So my hero of this week is Herman Cain. You're hero of the week i have three uh one herman cain i I, just listening to him there just reminds me how eloquent of a speaker that man is i mean he speaks so clearly and professionally i I love the guy Uh, my second would have to be this man as long as i'm president i will never defund your police that i promise you because that's a home run yeah and three would be my son, Kyle, if he's out there listening, just dropped off a Starbucks and I've been fading uh, all day. So the caffeine is in the house. Thank you, son. All right. Well, my backup is Barr. I thought he did a brilliant job against the Congress uh, this week who sought to destroy him. So he was my backup hero. Uh, my backup other hero is Warrior, the Dr. Emanuel out of Texas and the other doctors from the Frontline American Doctors who risk their lives and their jobs. Amen. Uh, in that um, my other runner up is NBA player Jonathan Isaac, who uh, uh, is African-American who refused to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt at the NBA game or, for or kneel for the anthem and said it's because he is a Christian and he does not think that wearing that shirt or kneeling um, is, is conducive for black lives. My what about stink, your stink? My stink of the week, um, gosh, this was tough. It's got to be Obama at the funeral. That's got to be. And runner-up is the Court of Appeals that allowed Sullivan to keep the persecution of Michael Flynn alive. 
Mine is Fauci because uh, that guy is just absolute nonsense. Get your facts straight. That's right. Love you all. We'll be back Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Have a great weekend.